Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Hollister Rand back with us, an internationally renowned medium, author, and speaker. She provides specific messages from loved ones in spirit and feeling heart and grace. She'll be doing that for you next hour when we take calls, if you so-called want it. Hollister can see and hear spirits as well as get a sense of their personalities and emotions. During the last 25-plus years, her unique abilities have provided comfort and healing to tens of thousands of people worldwide. Hollister, welcome back. I can't think of a better time to have you. Well, thank you. And who knew that releasing a book about the afterlife in the middle of a pandemic would be helpful to so many people? Oh, it really is, to be sure. How long have you been doing this? I mean, was this a little girl thing that started for you? Yeah, it, it was. I saw spirits in my room at night, spirits I recognized, and then also began to see spirits I didn't recognize, so there was kind of a stranger danger thing, um, and then did my best to shut it down for a number of years. Uh, so when I finally woke up again and, and began to invite spirits into my life in a helpful way, then everything changed. A lot of people, of course, have had loved ones die, and they are not there for whatever reason. They live out of town or something happens. Uh, That happened with me when my father passed uh, several years ago. Uh, He had taken a fall and went pretty quickly, and uh, by the time I was able to regroup, uh, he was gone. Um, What does that mean if you're not able to say goodbye to a loved one? Well, the good news is that it doesn't mean often what we think it does. It doesn't mean that the person chose to go, like didn't hang on till you could get there. It also doesn't mean the person died alone, that there wasn't anyone else there. That's a great fear we have, especially now with COVID. Many people are passing without their loved ones with them by their bedside. Um, but those in spirit, loved ones in spirit who have gone before are with those people. So just so you know, they're well taken care of. And then it's my job as a medium to put people like you in touch with their loved ones. Interesting. Now, since this has been happening for you, was there that one episode, Hollister, that changed your whole life? I would say it was a series of things, not necessarily one thing. So evidence after evidence after evidence. But what I would say is what has affected me personally are the deaths of those I love. And the one that probably is the most important to me personally is my cousin Tommy killing himself when he was 19 years old. That, I think, really changed my life. And then I had another friend. Uh, I had a friend who died of uh, AIDS-related illness, alone in his apartment. And I thought to myself, I have to be there for the spirits, and I have to be there for people left behind. Well, that's pretty good. And uh, you have helped so many people. Oh, my gosh. How many would you say by now? Well, I was I, I wrote in my book something like, well, you know, I've spoken to millions of spirits. And the editor came back and said, are you sure that that could possibly be accurate? And I started sitting in my head sort of, okay, well, I've done this many events last year, and I spoke to this many, you know, and I started adding up. I really do think it's, you know, millions, George, at this point. Millions? Of spirits, not necessarily people here. That's still a lot of spirits. It's a lot of spirits, yeah. Because everybody I see comes with an entourage. 
you know, none of us is alone. And when people meet me um, and, you know, come to an event or speak with me on the phone or do a Zoom thing, they come with a network of their spirits, their ancestors, those they know and those they don't. The afterlife, of course, has been something that has puzzled all of us. Uh, a lot of people ask me, George, do you believe in an afterlife? And I said, yeah, I do. Well, what's, what's it like? I said, well, first of all, when you die, you'll find out. And then they say, but what if there isn't an afterlife? And I said, well, then you don't have to worry about it. You won't. You're, you're done. How do you describe the afterlife to people, Hollister? Well, I, I have to laugh because you just asked the first couple of questions in the book. The first question in the book is, is there really an afterlife? And that was asked on a cruise with a bunch of metaphysical people doing workshops. So Uh I figured they had settled that question for themselves, but apparently not. And then once we talk about afterlife, the next question is, what is it like? And I say, it depends to whom you're speaking. Each spirit will give me a different flavor of the afterlife. Now, there are some things that remain the same. It's a place of instantaneous creation with thought. There's tremendous life. There are different frequencies. Um, We can be with those that we love. We don't have to worry about missing our loved ones. So there are a lot of similarities, but the flavors are different. I've spoken with people who are barbecuing, playing cards, meeting up with lost loves, So and with their pets, by the way. So, you know, um, it depends with whom you're speaking. Well, it sure does. Now, is there a hell? Well, I would say that if you gather up everybody who wished other people ill or killed people or were mass murderers and you put them all in a space and hung a sign which said hell over it, well, maybe that's hell. Maybe it is. Then does that mean there may or may not be a devil? That I don't know um, for sure. But I I used to um, be very involved with Christianity, and I was a Christian singer. And I came in contact with a lot of darker forces. So I didn't see an entity with a forked tail and, and horns, but I certainly saw a lot of evil. What's it like to be a Christian singer? What kind, what kind of songs did you sing? Well, one of the last songs that I, because I used to write the music as well, and one of the last songs, the chorus was this, You are the God of the unexpected, the daily miracle kind. Forgive me for trying to contain you within the confines of my mind. And I think that was one of the last Christian songs I wrote, primarily because I was understanding that God is much bigger than we can really imagine. Yeah, well, you know, there's a link between creativity and music and spirits. And I discovered that. So here I am, a Christian musician, singing in a church with a band called Evidence Ministries. And I look out and I start seeing people's spirits next to them. Whoa. Yeah, so that was a bit of a surprise uh, for me. Were they, now, da- were they dancing with uh, next, next to them, or what were they doing? Well, they were appearing and disappearing, and, and there wasn't a lot of dancing. The music that I was doing was very meditative at that point, and I was, you know, uh, at, at just sort of going with the flow. And afterwards, I stepped up to a young woman, and I said, you know, um, your, your grandmother knows about your rape. And um, 
and she needs you to know that 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 you're okay that this isn't because of anything you have done and she looked at me and she said how do you know that i haven't told anybody this wow was she angry and the, yes and the horror in her face and i realized oh wait a minute maybe not everybody is open to this and i would say it was soon thereafter that i packed my bags and moved to california Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I moved because of that episode, which I, which I thought might be a little bit more open to this idea of the spirits, and and I wasn't wrong, by the way. How do you communicate with the spirit world? I mean, do they come to you? Do you go to them? I mean, who who opens up the door first? Well, it's a cooperative thing. We both open the door, and I've set very clear boundaries around the work. I am very present in my body when I do the work. That's how the spirits find me. You know, I don't fly around trying to meet them somewhere. They know where to find me. And the only reason that they find me is because they want to communicate with their loved ones who have contacted me. You know, this doesn't happen because I want it to. In fact, it doesn't even happen because the people who call me want it to. It happens because the spirits want to make the connection. So it is important for them to let those they love, and, and to correct the record in some cases. We will often believe something in error around someone's life or death, especially in cases of suicide, and they want to correct the record. Are you a walk-in or a channeler? I mean, do the spirits sometimes take over your body to communicate with people? Well, that indeed has happened, but under very, uh, very controlled circumstances. I like to drive my own car. You know, I like to, and I'm a little bit of a control freak, if the truth be known. No, maybe, not you. What's, <laughs> and, and maybe, maybe that's because I'm not willing to be a full trance medium. Um, so when I've done it, it's been, uh, I, the last time I did it was in England, as a matter of fact, with some English mediums who were very well-schooled, you know, knew how to do all of this, and I felt very safe and protected. But for the most part, um, I'm connecting at the mental and the heart level with the spirits. I can see them, and I communicate with them in the ways that they choose to show themselves. That's an interesting way. I mean, and the fact that you're able to do this, can you do it at will? Yes. Well, I wouldn't say it's will. I would say it's willingness, um, a willingness to be of service. That's what I would say. And, uh, and being open and available without judgment, and that's really important. So I don't come with... Pre uh, preconceived notions as to how things are going to go. I allow the spirits to speak for themselves. How would you describe the, sw the spirit world? What do you think it is? I think it is. And when I spoke with the, the spirits about, is there really an afterlife? Uh, as I said, this was asked in the middle of a metaphysical group of people. So I thought, boy, this is really kind of strange. But as I looked out and saw all of their loved ones standing next to them, I paused and I, I wanted to listen. I wanted to hear what did they say about an afterlife? Is there really an afterlife? And the answer they gave me was simply this. There isn't an afterlife. There is only life. So what I would say is, what is the afterlife? It is 
life. It's an extension of life. It is a way of being and living and connecting um, without a physical body. But our essence is the same. We remember who we love and we remember who we are. Good point. Do the spirits have emotion? Yes, but it's not quite what we think. Um, now, I, this is where I'd like to differentiate between ghosts and spirits. I make that differentiation. A lot of people do not. But I think of ghosts as spirits with a bad attitude. And so when I meet a ghost, and I used to do some ghost busting, um, they often had an axe to grind, were irritated, angry, there was an injustice, there was, there was, they just had a bone to pick with creation. Um, and so there was often a lot of anger and, uh, and that kind of lower emotion. But when I'm speaking with spirits in love, it goes beyond the emotions that come and go every day, you know, feelings, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It goes beyond that into a space of frequency, vibration, oneness. So it moves less into emotions that separate us and more into vibrations and frequencies that bind us together. We're with uh, Hollister Rand. We're talking about the spirit world. We'll take calls with her next hour. Do spirits hear us? Absolutely. They do. Absolutely. And you don't have to shout at them. So you don't have to stand. I I remember I had a, a, a client come to me, and her husband repeated back to her what she had been saying to, to him. And, and she had been shouting at him to take care of their son who was dealing with, had trouble with drugs. And she was screaming it. She thought that her neighbors might think she was crazy because she seemed to think she, the louder she yelled, the more he would hear her. The truth is, you can just think about a loved one in spirit. You can think, I love you, and they hear you. And that, that's a good thing, I would assume. Yes, it is. And it, and it also helps the neighbors not to think you're nuts. That's true. Well, sometimes I see people talking to themselves only to realize they've got a little earplug in and they've got their smartphone. Yeah, well, I'm used to talking with people I can't see, and I'm also used to people thinking I'm crazy and anything but normal. So there you have it. People are not in a rush to get to the other side, but is it a place of bliss? It can be. I don't think that's the case for everyone. When we pass, we have an opportunity to experience our lives from the viewpoint of all of those we've loved and all of those we've wounded. So it isn't this lovely little highlight reel of all the wonderful moments in life. It also includes the times we've slighted people, hurt other people, maybe without even realizing it. And coming to terms with that, thank goodness you can do that at the frequency of love, because otherwise it would be a very painful experience. And since you've been doing this, uh, Hollister, uh, and you've been doing it for a number of years, there are a lot of mediums out there, and and they all have different techniques to reach the other side. Uh, But why are there some that just can't do it? It just doesn't work for them. Well, sometimes it doesn't work. 
And that can be for a number of reasons. Uh, fortunately, um, it happens more often than not. But there are rules that run all of this business. Um, we can't make it happen. So there, ha- there are three, three cooperative components here. Um, the medium, who does the best they can, and schools and trains themselves. The sitter, who can be open and ready and willing and able and not necessarily expecting things to show up in a certain way. I want my father's license plate number, said a man who came to me. Well, I asked him if he could give me his license plate number, and he couldn't. And I said, okay, so you expect your father to remember his license plate number, and you don't know your own. So people can come with expectations that would be difficult to meet. And then there's also the spirit who may choose to communicate in a certain way, or maybe it's just not the right time. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.